0: While You Were Folding, Episode 59, Coronavirus Chronicles, One Week In. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things and my real imperfect life. I've been a wife for 11 years and a mother for 10. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will talk about the ups and downs, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Merciful Father, thank you for the gift of this time to come down to the recording studio and push record. It's a good chance just to gather my thoughts and connect with the listeners. And I am so grateful for this community. I ask that you bless this recording. Let it be a source of encouragement and peace for all those who are listening And I ask you to give all of us who are struggling with fear or anxiety about what's happening right now in the world to remember to trust in you that you are our good, loving Father and you will work all things for our good. And we ask you to help us to view time through your lens to know that you are going to Even though we might be suffering right now, we might be struggling in all different kinds of ways, big and small, that you've got it all in your hands. And it can feel trite to say that sometimes, but it's easy to get really wrapped up in the details and the social media and the news frenzy and everything else. But help us to just push pause on all of that and to step away from it and to spend some time with you. Help us to rest in you right now. Help us to gaze upon your face on the crucifix. If we have one in our homes, get it out, put it in a really prominent place so that we can look at it often to remember how much you love us. And we ask that you continue to watch over all of those who are sick all of those who are taking care of the sick right now. Bring healing, bring hope, bring protection. And we ask all these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, wow, I never would have imagined everything that has happened in the news since I came down and recorded last week's episode. Things just seem to be changing at such a rapid pace that I have no idea what things are going to look like next week when I come down here to record. So I thought it would be really helpful just to touch base, check in, talk about how things are going around our house. Um, today's topic is just talking about one weekend, how things are going, how I'm doing, what's happening with our family, and I want to keep it real, but I also want to hopefully give some, some perspective, some um, levity, <laughs> some uh, encouragement for all of us. I think it's been really... Like I said in my opening prayer, easy to get ramped up and full of anxiety, especially if we're on social media or following the 24 news cycle. I was going to touch on this later in the podcast, but it's been really helpful for me just to take some good, healthy breaks from social media and the news so that I can focus on what's right in front of me. So I'm just going to jump right in, tell you what's going on around here. So like all of you, we are doing school at home. And as all of my homeschooling friends keep telling me, this is not real homeschooling. (laughs) And by that, it's not supposed to be taken in a condescending way. By that, they mean that what we're doing right now, this distance learning, whatever you want to call it, school at home, digital learning, whatever. It's different because you're using materials from the school, so it might be some worksheets, your school might be using things online, and whatever the case might be, you're having to deal with the communication back and forth. And you may not always know where they were midstream in the various subjects, so you're having to get yourself caught up. And those of us who went to school in the 80s and the 90s learned math in a very different way. (laughs) So we're trying to figure that out. And um, I saw a really funny meme at one point on social media during all of this, someone who was talking about carrying the one (laughs) in math anyway. So, um, but all things considered, I feel like God has really blessed us with this crazy timing, because if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you know that we were planning on starting homeschooling in the fall. So I've been setting up our home uh, with that in mind, and we've converted our formal dining room into a classroom. So that's where we've been doing school, and we've slowly worked up to have the materials that we wanted to have at home. But did not anticipate that we were going to be starting this spring and also doing it with the materials from school. So, is it perfect? No. Um, But I am feeling a lot of peace with our decision to start homeschooling in the fall. It's been a really good change of pace for our family. Obviously, I wish it were for a different reason that we were launching into doing school at home, distance learning, whatever you want to call it. But I feel like I've had, because I've had the time to prepare for homeschooling and what it's going to look like, I think I had a little bit of a different mindset and a perspective walking into it because I knew when we made the decision that I wanted to make sure from day one that I was doing it for the right reasons and that I went about it in the right way because I never wanted the kids to resent homeschooling. I wasn't afraid of it because I knew they were excited about it and they were on board, but I wanted to make sure from day one that I was going about our homeschooling days in the right way. So since I have been really deliberate about thinking about how I wanted to set up our school day at home, I've tried to carry that over into doing this coronavirus school time. And... I have learned the importance of getting them in the mindset of we're doing school at home and it's okay that it looks really different. And so if I want to have 15, 20 minutes of solid instruction time, I plan on it taking 90 minutes because we have so many young kids. And the first thing that I've learned in this one week down of doing school at home is that routine. We have always been a family that has thrived on routine. And now that we're doing school at home, it's even more important. And our kids, if you're new to the podcast, they are 10, almost 9, 6, almost 4 and 1. So, we have lots of kids all close ages kind of all over the place with grades And we're trying to figure out how to juggle all of it at the same time. But if we have a routine in place, they know what's coming. They know what's expected of them. And that's been a game changer. They fight me so much less because they just move on to the next thing. And we have been slowly, slowly, slowly adding more things to our routine. But it's feeling... Despite adding more things, it's feeling much more simple because it has a good flow to our day. So, I went through our routine last week and we've changed up a couple things, and um, I'll just quickly go through it. So, we start, we have breakfast and morning time when we read the daily gospel and have a closing prayer that Philip leads. And then, after we're done with that, we do our breakfast jobs. After each meal, Each kid has a different job that they do around the house. So Jane does dishes. Harry helps with laundry. Walt helps with clearing the table and doing other miscellaneous things like getting the mail. And then after everyone has done their breakfast jobs, then we start journaling for the day. Um, This has been really fun. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. And then we start in with our schoolwork. And then we go to recess for a mid-morning break and we finish our schoolwork. Then we have lunch and I prep lunch by myself while the kids watch a show. We eat and then everyone has their lunch jobs. And then we go for a long afternoon walk, usually 40, 45 minutes. And then we come home, we watch a show. Everyone takes an afternoon nap Jane has quiet time in the basement during that time. And then after that, we have a snack. Everyone plays outside or it's free playtime. They read books for fun, play board games, puzzles, whatever. If maybe we didn't get to the extra stuff that I wanted to do in the morning, like say the Mo Willems lunch doodles, YouTube videos where he teaches the kids how to draw something that's is a perfect time of day for us to do that. And then after free play time, then it's time to get dinner going. Philip comes home from work and he usually is the one making dinner while I'm with the kids and then uh, we'll sit down, we'll eat. Everyone does their dinner jobs and then Philip gives the little ones baths and the older kids take their showers. And then we have family read aloud time, or if it's been a crazy day and we're exhausted, we'll watch like a half hour of a show and then it's bedtime. So it's a full day and it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it is full of lots of breaks and it's full of adequate time for rest. It's full of adequate time for meal prep, meal cleanup, and I have never been more tired in my life, but I have also never felt so used up in the best possible way. Grace abounds right now and God is not being outdone in generosity. And even though this has been a crazy time, it has been full of so many blessings and I call them God winks, little moments where God is just, he's showing up really big time. Um, So a couple of random things now that I've shared our schedule with you, I have noticed if we have recess and time outside and our walks, it is such a game changer for our day and for everyone's moods. If things in the morning when we're doing our schoolwork aren't going well, if we can go outside and have some recess, it lifts everyone's spirits and gives us a break, and it's awesome. So praise you, Jesus, that it is March and not November right now, because being in Nebraska, we have long, cold winters most of the time. This winter was unseasonably mild and pretty awesome, but I cannot even imagine having to do social distancing and being holed up in our homes starting in November. So I am just so thankful that it's March and that we're able to get outside. Um, Also, the meal jobs have been such a game changer because we are actually maintaining order around the house with everyone doing a little bit. And it has been so worth the time and effort to have the kids do their jobs that they had been doing during the summer that I kind of let slide during the school year. They're taking on more responsibilities around the house, and they are getting to the ages where they are so truly helpful, and it's been great. And um, having the kids rotate in the morning when we have school time, if there's a lesson that's a little bit more in depth that I'm needing to have one-on-one time with one of the kiddos. Then I'll have one of the other older kids play with Gloria, our one-year-old, or I might have someone set up Dorothy with a craft or something like that, and that has been huge to have the kids taking turns, playing with each other, and they're always happy to do it. It's not like a chore to them, and it gives them a little bit of a break from their schoolwork too. And it ultimately does not add to the school day. We're still able to get through all of the things that we need to get through. And it doesn't feel like checking a box. It's just spending the time together, taking turns, playing together, getting the work done. Um, journaling, I wanted to be sure and talk about this. This has been such a fun thing to do as a family. So like I said, we do this after everyone has finished their breakfast jobs, everyone comes into the dining room. Well, I call it the classroom now. This has been such a fun way to document our memories and our thoughts on this time. And it's a really nice transition activity to get us going into our homeschooling day. So I open up Amazon Music and I find some classical music. This week we're listening to Tchaikovsky and everyone gets their journal that has been placed in a specific basket on the shelf. And I have a list of prompts that um, Walt's third grade teacher had actually put together because they do a daily journal entry. And I share what the prompt is for the day. And if the kids don't want to write on that topic, then they have my permission to write about something else. I set a timer for 15 minutes and it's a really cool visual timer that has a red disc that disappears as the time elapses. And it just helps the kids keep writing and they know how much time they're going to have left. So I don't have to constantly be answering how much more time, how much more time. And, um, I have different expectations for each age. So Jane and Walt, they're in fourth and third grade. I ask them to write independently in cursive skip lines so that I can make any spelling adjustments or correct punctuation when I go through and read them. And then Harry, he's in kindergarten. I tell him just to write as much as he can using kindergarten spelling And if he gets really, really stuck and can't figure out how to write the word down so that it'll make sense, then I might help him. But more often than not, he just writes it. And then I can go through and put the correct spelling below the line. And he has a journal that has room for a picture above the text. So when he's done writing, after he's written a couple sentences, I tell him he has to write three sentences at least. Then he has time to draw a picture to go along with his writing. Dorothy, she's going to turn four this week. I let her just draw in her journal. And when we're all done, sometime later that morning, I ask her what she wrote about, what she drew about, and then I caption it for her with whatever she says it's a picture of. And then I didn't expect this when we started this activity, but the kids have really enjoyed sharing their journal entries. So whoever wants to share, and usually all of them do, they read aloud what their journal entry was. And it has been so much fun. And it reminds me of freshman year at the university, (laughs) going to my English class and going to my first writing circle where we shared our work. And the kids give such great feedback to each other about, oh, I really like how you shared that detail. Or, wow, that was really suspenseful writing. Or, I can't, I really felt like I was there when you wrote about blah, 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 blah. So it's been really fun. Um, we've really enjoyed it. And if I... Maybe if you give me another week or two, maybe I'll be able to pull out a journal and write alongside the kids. Because I think it's really important for them to see me taking journaling seriously and to see that it's something worthwhile to do. Um, But for now, I'm just sitting alongside helping Harry with spelling, redirecting Dorothy when she needs it. Sometimes I'll just let her wander off, but the kids are really enjoying it. It's fun. It's fun. And hopefully this will be something that we can continue for the long term. I think the kids have really enjoyed having it to look back on. And I have even caught Walt, our third grader, going back to his journal during the day and adding things. If he really liked the prompt from that day, he'll go back and continue a story that he had going or whatever. So yeah, it's been really fun. Another thing that has been really helpful for me, and this is more of a mindset thing than anything else, is just to remember that if we have maybe a really difficult morning, maybe our preschooler is not feeling like doing school stuff or, and by the way, play is mostly what we're doing for Dorothy right now, but maybe she's needing her love bucket full and she's not letting school happen for the other kids. Or maybe it's our older kids who are protesting school, or maybe it's our one-year-old Gloria. Everyone has taken their turns at different times, sometimes all of them in the same day, of deciding that they're not wanting to cooperate at the moment. So I have allowed that to happen because we're not going to fall behind. Everyone is in the same boat right now. So just remembering that, that we're not behind. There's no one who is in the perfect school right now who is right on track getting all of the regularly scheduled programming in. (laughs) We're all in the same boat. No one's falling behind. There are going to be really big emotions right now because no matter how much all of us as parents are trying to keep things together and keep things perfect, our kids are picking up on the fear and the anxiety so They're acting out in different ways, and that's okay. And the other mindset thing that has been really helpful for me is to remember that the power struggle, whatever it might be about, it's never worth hurting my relationship with the child. That they are not going to remember the math worksheet. They're not going to remember the power struggle over trying to pick up the perler beads, (laughs) ask me how I know. Um, but if we're having a power struggle about school stuff, it is so important to remember what the science tells us about how kids learn. If kids are getting upset, if there are tears, if there is a really big struggle and they're shutting down, the brain will make those neural connections, nerve connections that will take that child back to that place of negative emotion the next time that they are in that same context. So it is so important to stop that negative experience, whether it's a math worksheet, if it's a new chore that you're asking a child to do, whatever the thing is, break the negative connection that's happening when those big emotions are happening. Allow the kid to work through it, but take a break. Walk away from the math worksheet. You can revisit it later that day. Maybe it's when if you're at home with the kids full time and you have your husband come home later from work after dinner, things are calm, hopefully, (laughs) maybe you can revisit it later that evening when you have another adult around and you can have one on one time or maybe dad can sit down and do the math worksheet with your kid. Or maybe you just leave it for a day and you come back to it tomorrow And maybe after a good night's sleep, after another day, things will look better. You know your kid, you know when you're going to be able to come back to it. But don't be afraid to just say, yep, we're done with math for today. We're done with the chore for today. We're done with whatever. Figure out if you need to readjust your expectations, if you need to go back and reteach something, whatever the case might be. But stop because it's not worth powering through just to get the thing done. And for me as a mom to remember that they're not going to remember all those things. They're not going to remember the math worksheet. They're not going to remember. It's always the math worksheet for me (laughs) that comes to mind. But so they might not remember the thing, but they will remember how I made them feel. They're going to remember when hopefully when they look back on this time, how much time and connection we had together instead of Mom was trying to get us to do all this stuff and she was constantly pushing us along and she made me hate school. That is, That would be horrible because my goal is to start homeschooling full-time next year after we, God willing, are done with this um, distance learning. So I don't want to engage in a power struggle with the kids right now. And I'm trying to keep our relationships at the top of our priority list. And Sarah McKenzie from the Read Aloud Revival, she talks about it all the time. Relationships are inherently inefficient because people are people and we're messy and we're imperfect and that's okay. So let's work with the nature that God has given us. Grace will build upon it, but we can't fight against it. And if we do, we are going to make this time of doing school at home with our kids so much more stressful and so much more difficult than it needs to be. So that's how things are going as far as school at home is concerned. And I wanted to talk a little bit about how I am doing. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I have had to take some breaks from social media, some breaks from the 24-hour news cycle. I asked Philip to um, update my screen time limits on my phone to lock me out at certain times of day and also to limit the amount of time that I'm able to be on the internet and on social media. And that has been really helpful for me. I think it's really easy to because we're having to be so isolated. As a stay-at-home mom, I understand the isolation that we feel as adults anyway sometimes, but during this time of social distancing, it's even more magnified. And when you get on social media and everyone is talking about the stress and some have really dark humor, some are sharing really scary statistics. Some are sharing horrible stories about what's happening in different parts of the world where coronavirus has really ramped up. It can get really overwhelming. And holy cow, the same is true when you look at the 24-hour news cycle websites. It can really ramp up your anxiety. And it is so hard sometimes to remember when you look at social media It's hard to remember that these are people who have their own unique situations, their own unique emotional baggage that they're bringing into this situation right now. And we're all going to respond to things in different ways. And when we are in times of stress, we behave in ways that we may not otherwise. And There are things that I have found for myself in this past week that have been really helpful, and I just wanted to share those with you in the hopes that they might be helpful for you. If they're not, that's totally fine. Hopefully you're finding something else that's working for you. But So the first one was the social media and the news limits on my phone. The second one is really making it a priority to have headspace. So I have to have headspace early in the morning. If I can get um, some quiet time down here in the recording studio, I light a candle and I have my morning prayer time. And then I have my exercise time right after that. That's before we have breakfast together as a family and do morning time at the kitchen table. If I can have evening headspace after we've had dinner, maybe... I'll go for a quick walk around the neighborhood with our dog or I'll go up to our bedroom and read for a little bit before I rejoin the family. That has been really helpful. If maybe it was a harder day or a little bit more overwhelming, I usually stay with everyone else and finish out the evening with everyone. But if it's been a long day, maybe once or twice a week. I'll need that evening headspace. Stay tuned. Maybe it'll be a daily thing (laughs) by next week. Um, Also, if I can take a little bit of time each evening to prepare for our next day of homeschooling, that has made a huge difference in how smoothly things go. So if I'm able to print things off ahead of time, bookmark different websites that we're going to be using, or most importantly, prepare for success with Gloria and Dorothy, our preschooler and our one year old, that is huge. If I can get out different games, toys that are specific for our school time that they can play with and have those ready to go, that has been a really big deal. Um, But like emotionally, I would say I'm kind of on a pendulum right now. More often than not, I'm in a good place. And I think it's because I am so busy during the day that I don't really have the time to sit and dwell on things. And now that I have the social media limits, I don't have the temptation to pull out my phone and scroll for a few minutes here and there. But if I do have those pockets of quiet, it's tempting to get on the news, get on social media, to connect with people during the day. Um... And since Philip is a pediatrician, obviously, he's still working. He's still at his office taking care of his patients. He's having to be more creative uh, alongside his staff, figuring out how they're going to take care of people right now while keeping themselves and their staff and everyone who visits the office safe. So I am simultaneously really proud of him for the work that he's doing as a doctor right now, but I'm also scared for him. Scared because I know that um, based on what's happening in the news, God willing, the social distancing and everyone cooperating with those measures will help to keep everyone as safe as possible. But coronavirus is already in our community And there are likely more cases than the ones that have been officially reported. Um, and so because of that, and because of how things seem to be ramping up, not to be alarmist, I am anticipating that things will get worse before they get better. And that scares me as, um, I'm at home full-time. He is our sole income. We have five young kids. uh, So I would be lying if I said I wasn't concerned, but it's where we are right now. And I am really loving the serenity prayer right now. And a lot of that came from looking at a graphic that Janet Lansbury shared And Philip brought it to my attention. Janet Lansbury, I've mentioned her on previous podcast episodes, and I'm going to highlight this right now in my show notes so that I remember to share it with all of you. She um, has a fantastic podcast that I love to listen to called Unruffled. And her whole thing is helping kids and through helping your kids, helping yourself, to work through really big emotions. And she was talking about what we control, what we can control and what we can't. And on this graphic at the topic, it says, I cannot control, and then in parentheses, so I can let go of these things. And it lists a bunch of them. And then the inside circle, it says, I can control, parentheses, so I will focus on these things. So the circle in the middle are the things that I can control. And then on the periphery are the things that I I cannot control, so I'm going to let go of them. The things I cannot control, if others follow the rules of social distancing, the actions of others, predicting what will happen, other people's motives, how others react, how long this will last the amount of toilet paper at the store. Those are the things that I cannot control. I'm sure you can think of others. Those are the ones that we need to let go of. We're not going to be able to control how neighbor so-and-so is doing social distancing, or how our kid's school is navigating these waters, or how my child's teacher is navigating these waters, or how mom in the same homeroom is navigating these waters and responding to all of it. I can't control any of that, so I need to let go of it. What I can control, these are the things that I need to focus on. My positive attitude, how I follow the CDC recommendations, my own social distancing, turning off the news, limiting my social media, my kindness and grace, and finding fun things to do at home. That last one has been a really fun way for our family to use our creativity and try to I keep hearing this phrase over and over this last week, to be a rainbow in someone's cloud. That's what I'm trying to do right now for our kids, because that's what I can control. So I'm trying to find fun, unique things that we don't normally get to do each day and being more deliberate about that. And if I'm good about focusing on the things that I can control I am feeling much more peace. It's when I focus on the things that I cannot control, that my anxiety and stress ramps up. So if you know the serenity prayer, you might want to find a copy of it online and print it off. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. The last thing I wanted to share as a little Lenten update, Um, a couple episodes ago, I talked about Lent and the idea of the word of the year romance. And I talked to my spiritual director and I asked him to help me come up with a challenge for how I wanted to go about doing Lent this year. And he and I obviously had no idea about what was about to come around the corner with coronavirus. And the challenge he gave me has ended up being so awesome for what we're going through right now. So if you didn't hear that episode, or just as a reminder, I am using the word romance as motivation. And my spiritual director challenged me six out of seven days of the week to let God romance me, to let him wow me with all of these God winks of grace and blessings and surprises, usually in the form of the people that he's brought into my life or in things just happening and unfolding. So things like that might be some awesome sidewalk talk that is really beautiful and encouraging, or my kid giving me a spontaneous hug or One of them snuggling up into my lap and asking for one more chapter of a story. Or everyone listening and enjoying and being enthralled with our family read aloud. Or really enjoying a silly drawing session with Mo Willems. Or we get to do a really cool virtual field trip somewhere. That is letting God romance me. By entering into the moment and letting Him wow me with the people in my life and the things that I see. Oh, another thing that I am realizing the time that I get to spend outdoors has been such a way of letting God romance me. Feeling the sunshine today, this afternoon, we had sun for the first time in a really long time. And I don't know that I've ever appreciated it more or the, the times when I get to go on a walk by myself in the evenings or, yeah. So just taking the time both to acknowledge those things, those moments, those God winks, and then to thank him for those. And then on Fridays, one out of seven days of the week, that's my day to try and romance God. And Friday is typically a day of penance, fasting on Good Friday. Um, It's a time just to remember Christ's passion and how much he loves us. So to try to romance him by really entering into the things that make up my day and to do them out of love for him instead of just treating my day like a drudgery. And this ties back in with A Mother's Rule of Life, that whole series that I just finished up on the podcast. If you didn't listen to it, maybe this is a good chance for you to go back and think about how you are going about your day, the, the things that God is calling you to, and how you can romance him through active contemplation, through dedicating different parts of your day, different things that you're doing for love of him. I am praying for you and for your families, and I am so encouraged by the feedback that I'm getting on the podcast. I got a wonderful review from a listener, Jessie. She says, I've listened to many podcasts, and Catherine's is at the top of my favorites list. She has a gift of communicating her feelings and thoughts with clarity and calmness, along with her outstanding knowledge of the Catholic faith. Her words always encourage me to be a better parent, wife, friend, and Catholic. Jessie, thank you so much for your review on iTunes. Anytime anyone leaves a review, that helps more listeners to find the show. So thank you for putting that on there. And thank you to all of you who keep sharing the show with your friends. I want to know how your family's doing and what kinds of things you're doing to keep your mood, your spirits up. A couple of my favorite things, I'll share these links in the show notes. The Mo Willems lunch doodles. Those are some really fun art lessons that our kids are enjoying. Mystery Science is a website that has some fun science lessons and videos. If your kids love audiobooks, Audible is offering a subscription to kids for free to get some free audiobooks. Highly recommend audiobooks for your kids right now. A fun place to do a virtual field trip is to check out the webcams from the Georgia Aquarium. They have some fantastic webcams on there. And I'm making sure I link so that you guys can have that link in the show notes. But um, I really want to hear from you, especially now that we're doing social distancing. Please get in touch. You can email me at podcast at or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram or send me a voicemail on Voxer. I would love to hear your voices and add you on the show. Keep reaching out. Please keep in touch. I, like I said, I'm praying for you and remember God's in charge and we're not just be faithful what he's putting in front of us. Put the phone down, put those social media limits back on your phones, and let's just all focus on what we can control right now and let go of the stuff that we can't. And if we need to, to invite God to help us let go of it so we can give it to him. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.